morning. Welcome to the Black Educational Podcast with yours truly, Ms. Jackson. Today, I will be talking about Mr. George Washington Carver. That name sound familiar? George was an agricultural scientist and an inventor who developed hundreds of products using peanuts, sweet potatoes, and soybeans. Y'all, I absolutely love peanuts. The honey roasted ones, I'm going to go bananas. I absolutely love them. They're amazing. George was born into slavery a year just before it was outlawed. George left home at a young age to pursue an education, and eventually he got his master's degree in agricultural science from Iowa State University. Go ahead, George. He was born on a farm near Diamond, Missouri. The exact birth date of George is unknown, but it is said to be in January or June of 1864. Nine years prior, Moses Carver, a farmer, purchased George's mother, Mary, when she was only 13 years old. That's really young to be sold at that age. When George was a baby, him, his sister, and his mother were kidnapped from the Carver farm. They were sold in Kentucky. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me his mother was sold twice? Wow, that is crazy. Moses Carver and his wife Susan raised George and his brother James as their own. They also taught them how to read and write. James gave his studies up and focused on working in the fields with Moses. He did what? That's absurd. It's crazy. George was too sickly to ever work in the field, so Susan taught him how to cook, mend, do laundry, and garden. George took an interest in plants, and he experimented with natural pesticides and soil conditioners. People started calling him the plant doctor due to his ability to improve the health of their gardens, their fields, and their orchards. At the age of 11, George left the farm to attend an all-black school in the town of Neosho. George was taken in by a couple who gave him a roof over his head in exchange for his help with the household chores. George was disappointed with the education that he received at the Neosho school. About two years later, George moved to Kansas. For the next decade or so, George moved from one Midwestern town to the next. He was surviving off the domestic skills he learned from his foster mothers. In the late 1800s, George befriended the Millhollands, a white couple in Winterset, Iowa, who encouraged him to pursue a higher education. George studied art and piano in hopes of earning a teaching degree. One of his professors was skeptical of a black man making a living as an artist. His professor encouraged him to apply to Iowa State Agricultural School to study botany. In 1894, George became the first African American to earn a Bachelor of Science. Wow, this man is really educated. George's professor was impressed with his skills and asked him to stay for his graduate studies. George worked with famed mycologists. For those of us who don't know who or what that is, it's a fungal scientist. In 1896, George earned his Master's of Agricultural degree and received several offers. One of those offers came from Booker T. Washington. George convinced the university's trustees to establish an agricultural school. This school would be ran by George only if Tuskegee was to keep its all-black faculty. George accepted the offer, and he would work for Tuskegee Institute for the rest of his life. George's early years at Tuskegee came with some obstacles. That's how life is. It will throw challenges at you. All you have to do is get back up and keep fighting. 
agricultural training was not popular. Southern farmers believed they already know how to farm and students saw schooling as means to escape farming. Many faculty members resented George for his high salary and demand to have two dormitory rooms, one for himself and one for his plant specimens. Uh, don't get jealous of George because he doesn't want to sleep in the same room as the plants. Some of those plant specimens might give off a chemical odor. Hmm. George struggled with the demands of the faculty position that he held. He wanted to devote his time to researching agriculture for ways to help out poor southern farmers. George was expected to manage the school's two farms, teach, ensure the school's toilets and sanitary facilities work properly, and sit on multiple committees and councils. Man, that's enough to stress anyone out. If I was George, I would have quit. That's too much. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Two farms and, to having, and having to do all this stuff as well? I don't want to take care of the dog when he makes a mess. George and Booker T had a complicated relationship, and they would always butt heads often. George wanted little to do with teaching. At this point, I don't blame George. All this stuff is stressing him out. Even though his students loved him, George got his way when Booker T died in 1915 and was succeeded by Robert Russa Moton. Robert relieved George of his teaching duties except for summer school. By this time, George already had a great success in the laboratory and the community. George taught poor farmers that they could feed hogs acorns instead of commercial feed, and they could enrich croplands with swamp muck instead of fertilizers. I always wondered how the farm life was like, from milking cows, feeding chickens, hogs, horses, to plowing seeds. George's idea of crop rotation proved to be the most valuable. While working on soil chemistry, George learned that years of growing cotton had depleted the nutrients from the soil, resulting in low yields. By growing nitrogen-fixing plants like peanuts, soybeans, and sweet potatoes, the soil could be restored. The soil would allow the yield to increase dramatically when the lands reverted to cotton use a few years later. To further help farmers, he invented the Jessup Wagon a mobile horse-drawn classroom and laboratory used to demonstrate soil chemistry. The Jessup wagon sounds so cute, but powerful like a chihuahua. Farmers loved George's crop rotation technique. This method had an unintended consequence, a surplus of peanuts and other non-cotton products. He invented numerous products from sweet potatoes, including edible products like flour and vinegar, and non-food items such as stains, dyes, paints, and writing ink. George's biggest success came from peanuts. In all, he developed more than 300 food, industrial, and commercial products from peanuts, including milk, punches, cooking oils, salad oils, paper, cosmetics, soaps, and wood stains. George experimented with peanut-based medicines, such as antiseptics, laxatives, and goiler medications. Just imagine a peanut-based medicine. What would that taste like? If you ask me, George is a brilliant man. However, many of these suggestions or discoveries remain curiosities and didn't find widespread applications. Wait a minute. All those wonderful suggestions didn't even make it out? That's crazy. I would not be too happy if I was George. In 1921, George appeared before the Ways and Means Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives on behalf of the peanut industry, which was seeking a tariff protection. 
Go ahead now, George. He made it to Washington, D.C. I am so proud of him. His testimony did not begin well. George started describing the wide range of products that could be made from peanuts, which not only earned him a standing ovation, but convinced the committee to approve a higher protected tab for the common legume. George became known as the Peanut Man. In the last 20 years of George's life, he lived as a mini-celebrity, but always wanted to focus on helping people. He traveled the South to promote racial harmony. Then he traveled to India to discuss nutrition in developing nations with Mahatma Gandhi. Up until the year of his death, George released bulletins for the public. 44 bulletins between 1898 and 1943. Some of the bulletins were more practical in nature and included cultivation information for farmers, science for teachers, and recipes for housewives. In the mid-1930s, polio virus raged in America. George became convinced that peanuts were the answer. He offered a treatment of peanut oil massages and reported positive results. There is no scientific evidence that exists that proved the treatment worked. The benefits patients experienced were likely due to the massage treatment and attentive care rather than the oil. Think about it. How can peanuts cure a deadly virus? I seriously think George went nuts. I just don't see it happening. George died on January 5th, 1943 at Tuskegee Institute after falling down the stairs of his home. He was 78 years old. George was buried next to Booker T. Washington on Tuskegee Institute grounds. Even though George and Booker T. never got along, they ended up being together after all. The George Washington Carver National Monument now stands in Diamond, Missouri. George was also inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Okay, let's clear the air. George Washington Carver did not invent peanut butter. He invented things with peanut solutions. He invented more than 300 products from peanuts. At first, I thought he invented peanut butter because that's what the history books tell you. That's not true. Like milk, Worcestershire sauce, punches, cooking and salad oils, paper, cosmetics, soaps, and wood stains. So the next time you see peanuts or you see these inventions in the store, remember Mr. George Washington Carver. Until next time.